Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? And we're back. Welcome to another edition of Tailgate in the Quad. Kiernan, uh, how are you doing, pal? Uh, to be honest, Kevin, I'm disappointed. And I want to start this podcast off very quickly by talking about why I'm disappointed, if you don't mind. All yours. Penn State played extremely well against Minnesota. Where was that fucking performance at Michigan? At the very least, what they could have done is kept it close at Michigan. I understand they're playing away, and I understand it was at home this past weekend. But come on, guys. Like, let's let's get it together. Let's perform like against, pretend we're playing Minnesota every week, and we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We can lose to Ohio State by three. I don't care. But let's just play like that so there's a little bit of glimmer of hope at the end of the season. Do do you think that a big part of that, though, is level of competition? Somewhat. I do understand that Michigan is very good this year. Um, And I didn't believe it until they played Penn State and beat them convincingly. I am more nervous now that we're playing Ohio state next weekend because if Michigan beat us that badly, I can only imagine the hell and fury that Penn state is going to have to go through against Ohio state. So I am cringing on the inside. That's fair. That's, that's fair. Speaking of Ohio state, I'm throwing a curveball at you, Karen. We planned when we were going to talk about stuff. Uh, Matt, Temanini from Land Grant Holy Land on SB Nation said that it's time for Ryan Day to give up play calling. And this is this week's Who's the Idiot? Matt Tamanini saying Ryan Day is not a good play caller and needs to let someone else do it, uh, citing low or slower starts, not being able to adjust mid-game, and then coming out of halftime better. Where do you is Matt Tamanini an idiot or is Ryan Day an idiot for keeping play calling responsible? No, Matt Tamanini is the idiot because it, it's it's one of these things that I I think it's it's partially tactical, partial strategic from Ryan Day's perspective. It's basically like it, how I view this argument is 
he can't make real-time adjustments to go 21 up in the first quarter, right? And not many teams can do that just as a pure standard, right? There, there's Alabama on an insanely good offensive year, and they're playing Missouri, right? They can do that. Ohio State, when playing a Big Ten West team, they can do that. But generally speaking, I think it's a little bit of attrition coming from uh, Ryan Day. I think that he basically, it's play calling is, I don't want to say simple because that makes it sound like he's, you know, he, he can't, you know, start off hot. But basically, I think he gets his guys kind of in the rhythm, starting a game, and just kind of wears the defense down with the play calling. Just, can, you know, he, uh, I think his offense is on the field much more, I think, than his defense. And I think it's it's a wearing down of the opposing defense. And then at second half, he go, he can analyze quickly and with his offensive and defense coordinators where the holes are, where's the, you know, where's the gaps that will form uh, on a tired defense and then start sending him, you know, start sending better and risky, not riskier, but, but more uh, intrusive play calling later in the stretch. And I think that's perfect, a perfectly fine strategy to win games. And I, there was one comment I know I, I read there that said, you know, it's not going to work against a Georgia. It's not going to work against an Alabama. It's not going to work against a Tennessee. And I don't think that's entirely true. I think that the, the wearing down of the defense early on would actually benefit against an SEC team. Obviously, we will have to wait till the CFP to see if that even comes true, but that's my current uh, point on it. That's, that's fair. I do agree that there, most coaches like to do a feeling out process early in the game, more conservative play calling, uh, run the run heavy to kind of weaken the defense, like you said, figure out what their tendencies are. But at the same time, you have Marvin Harrison Jr., you have Jackson Smith and Jigbo when he's healthy, you have Travion Henderson, you have the Heisman front runner, CJ Stratt. You necessarily don't need a feeling out process. It shouldn't be that hard to be putting up more than 14 points in the first quarter on Rutgers. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be only putting up 21 in the first quarter against Toledo and Wisconsin with that offense. And Ohio State put up 14 in the first quarter on Arkansas State. Now, a lot of people are going to look at the box scores, and the offense has looked fine. I'm not saying that they look bad doing this, but people are going to look at the box scores and go, well, look at all these points they're putting up. They beat Toledo by 77. They or They put up 77 on Toledo, excuse me. They put up 52 on Wisconsin, 49 on Michigan State, 54 on Iowa. It will reach a point. Ohio State is a premier program in the country. They are college football playoff or bust. God forbid. No, they're national champions or bust. If they don't make the national championship and win it, that's not a remembered season. It's not a good season. Well, absolutely. If... They go up against a school like Tennessee. If they go up against a school like, honestly, Tennessee's probably the only one in the country right now. Uh, but there are plenty of others that will get hot as the season goes on. If they can't put up 21 in the first quarter, they're down 14 in the first quarter. 
They're down 28 at halftime. If they cannot keep up with the high-powered offenses that you'll see in different conferences, you're shit out of luck. And God forbid the offense can't start clicking in the second half. It's you are winning. You're still winning a close game against a lesser opponent. That's the difference between four and five in the college football playoff. Okay, fine. That That's a, a valid argument. But I would say this, is that although, although you need to, uh, although, you know, if you go against a Tennessee or a Georgia, you need to put up points early. I don't deny that. I'm just simply saying, I think that a level of consistency and a consistent play calling, not necessarily the, you know, the same plays every game, you know, the first seven plays are the exact same as the previous week that, you know, that's ridiculous, but the same style of play, a run, a pass run, or, you know, whatever system that they have going on. I think a consistent kind of snowballing effect is, is, equally valid to win a national championship or at least a, a semi-final final game against an sec team which it inevitably will be although it you know might be michigan for all we know who knows but anyway it, i think that snowballing effect where even if you don't put necessarily put up 16 16 to 21 points in the first quarter uh and you know you're you're down by two scores, like a touchdown and a field goal. I think the snowballing effect that he has going through the match and making those key changes at halftime will be enough for a consistently great offense and a stalwart defense. I mean, I don't think Ohio state is like the best in the country. I think that's Tennessee, but like, you know, the, the most people have scored on Ohio state is 21. Now, Granted, the 21 came against uh, Toledo and Wisconsin, which isn't a good look at all. But they, you know, they beat Iowa, uh, which in fairness isn't much. Oh, insane, oh they held hold on, Iowa hold on, to Before I say that, before I say that, before I say it, they, they beat Iowa uh, 54 to to 10. And I understand that, you know, it. they should have, they probably should have steamrolled that team but i think a consistent snowballing effort throughout the game will be enough to uh and, and then and then we don't we also don't know he might pull out all the stops and is just sit currently sandbagging his own players you know just making not terrible calls but almost like a hey guys let's let's ease them into a false sense of security it's all you know, you got to think like a think like a general here, Kevin. It's it's a it's a game of gladiators out there. I would say leading a team, leading an opposing army into a false sense of security is a good move, unless you have the overwhelming advantage and can bury them in the first week of the war. I'm sorry, I would rather steamroll the Iraqi army in three days than be stuck in the Middle East for twenty plus years. That's just me. That is a valid argument and not the war I was necessarily thinking of. Two separate wars, but same. Like I, honestly, that's how I feel about it. I feel like having your offense just going out there full time. And they might do that against Penn State this weekend. They might view Penn State as their first real legitimate opponent, and they might go out slinging the ball 50 times. But I do think 
Ryan Day needs to allow someone else to be making these play calls and focusing on the adjustments so Ryan Day can focus on everything, the bigger picture. It's not a bad way to look at it. I mean, it's not like Ryan Day is going to read that kid's article and just go, oh, yeah, this is how I should run my offense from now on. Yeah, no, fair. I mean, I just... I think coaches have so much they have to pay attention to. It's sometimes when they're calling one side of the ball, it can detract from a couple other areas they should be paying attention to. Granted, granted. And I, I guess that's I guess that's why Nick Saban hired Bill O'Brien for his incredible uh, screen passes that nobody ever sees coming. No, nobody does. What the third consecutive third and ten? <laughs> on three separate drives who could have seen another screen pass it's it, it simply cannot be coached I, I mean that 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 stuff is that stuff is grade a top quality stuff it's like wagyu beef that's what it is now when you if you want to talk about lulling teams into a false sense of security <laughs> yeah. bill o'brien has been doing that for about eight weeks now <laughs> yeah he's the real villain in this story he's gonna just uh, show up against. Uh, let's see who, who's Alabama. Who's Alabama's next serious comp- opponent? Kevin, do you know uh, off the top like, of your head? No, but uh, Ole Miss. Okay, he's just gonna go out to Old Miss and just throw hail mary for the first four <laughs> plays of the game. <laughs> just lobbing it up there, see what happens. I would honestly enjoy that more than it, uh, it would be an improvement than a halfback draw out of the shotgun on fourth and inches. It would be an improvement of their offensive capabilities, no doubt. Yeah, it it would be a lot, a lot better. Uh, but we've talked a lot about Ohio State. I have more things to say about Ohio State. Go on. Kiernan, as you know, the, does the Ohio State-Penn State game have a name, or is it just Ohio State versus Penn State? It's just Ohio State versus Penn State. We don't have a cool uh, name like the game or anything like that. That's stupid. I feel like you guys are big enough rivals. You deserve a name. We have to beat them more consistently, and then we might have a name. I mean, before this year, Tennessee didn't beat Alabama in 15 years, and that still had the third Saturday in October. I mean, we had the uh, the 2016 game with the block field goal and return for a touchdown, which was, oh my God, electric on a whole different level. Fair. But that game... The Ohio State Penn State game. We're gonna come up with a name for that at the by the end of the season. By awesome. By the end of the season, they're playing this week. Next season, we'll have a name for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that game's at noon. Uh, Georgia, unless the Georgia Tech game is a night game, which it fucking won't be. It hasn't been since 2010, and Georgia Tech's terrible. Georgia will be the first defending national champion since 1998 Michigan to not have a single home primetime game. Uh, the Penn State-Ohio State game, that's the big noon kickoff. TV deals are ruining college football. They are, and look, they brought a lot of attention, national attention. I wouldn't be able to watch nearly as much college football as I do without the t- the TV deals. They have way too much power when it comes to scheduling. Ohio State Penn State should not be a fucking noon game when both teams are ranked. No, it, it shouldn't. It just shouldn't. Georgia should have a primetime home game. 
Absolutely. It's abysmal that we have to get up early to watch these games when they should be all eyes on this. This is the best game of the week. We should be watching it. Ohio State-Penn State is probably going to be the best game this week. And we're watching it at fucking noon. It is inexcusable. It's I don't want to fucking get up early and have to listen to 30 seconds of Urban Meyer because he's doing the big noon kickoff. And then just to make sure I catch the beginning of that game, it's it's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's trash. I, I just, I don't, I get that they're getting paid, the schools are getting paid tons of money for this stuff. But at the same time, Think of the fans. Think of all the kids that have to now wake up early after a night of drinking only to drink six hours later and then do that for four hours and then go to a game. Thank the heavens. Now I'm I'm retracting my statement from earlier, but thank the heavens that, that Penn State allowed beer in the stadium this year because otherwise the, everybody would be hung over by 3 p.m. as they were leaving the game. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. You gotta keep that buzz going. These broadcasting companies in the NCAA don't care about kids' livers, Kiernan. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, shame. That's a shame. You... Went out the night before to have some fun, blow some steam after working in class all week, working a job all week. Guess what, buddy? Fuck your liver. You're going to get cirrhosis because of us. Have fun. <laughs> it's it's terrible, and the fans don't enjoy it. It leads to lower attendance numbers because now people who want to go to these games have to get up early, sit in traffic, and get there for a certain time. If, it, if the Penn State-Ohio State game was a night game, you could have more people from Columbus coming. They could get up at a semi-reasonable hour, get to parking, maybe tailgate a little, but even if they don't want to, they can still have plenty of time to get to the fucking games. Yeah, and and Penn State-Ohio uh, State, Ohio State is like, it, it should be the whiteout game. Like, it should be... 7.30, the sun has set, the lights are on, and that's the sea of white should happen in that stadium. And I'm I can't believe like like that like we had our whiteout versus what Minnesota last week? Yeah. Who gives a fuck? I want to see red on white, and I want to see it primetime game uh in the best possible surroundings, and I want to see drunk, happy fans, at least for the first quarter. Yeah, and I don't think the... I think it could be, but I don't think the Ohio State-Penn State game should be the primetime game every week or every year. I think you got to give other teams a chance. This is not a good week of college football games. Yeah, The primetime games are 
Kentucky at Tennessee on ESPN, fine. Yeah. No issues. USC at Arizona on the Pac-12 network, so that doesn't matter. Colorado State at Boise State on FS1. Uh, ABC's primetime is Michigan State, unranked at Michigan. Uh, it's just, you're going to put a Big Ten game on, and I understand TV rights are a thing that it can't work out the same way all the time. But you're telling me that none of those games could have been flexed for the big noon kickoff. Fox had to get Ohio State, Penn State to be their noon kickoff. This is fucking ridiculous. They could have done it with Michigan, Michigan State. That's a perfectly valid game to put it in noon kickoff. I, maybe not necessarily, but like I'm sure there's other other games that you could kind of poach for that. But I would argue Michigan, excuse me, Ohio State versus Penn State would be the bigger game. Yeah. See. Fox decided, no, we want the rights to this game. Fuck the fans. We're putting it on. We want money. So it's going to be our noon game. Fuck you guys. Trash. I mean, even if they want to put it a little later, they also have a 330 slot, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. That's 9 versus 22. That's a fine game. It's not a rivalry like this game. You'd be hard-pressed to find any Ohio State game Ohio State fan column as a rivalry, Kevin. Penn State fans, maybe, but not Ohio State. Yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an Oklahoma State or a Kansas State fan calling that a rivalry. Fair enough. So, yeah, it's, it's just, it's fucking bullshit. I hate these TV broadcasting conglomerates. They can all fuck off. Ugh. Speaking of fucking off. Uh, the SEC West is in shambles, and I'm saying fuck off because I hate Jimbo and Auburn. So, we'll start with Auburn first because that's faster. Apparently, Auburn coach Brian Harson has told players who requested a red shirt for non-medical reasons they can either withdraw it or transfer. So, because of that, half of their 2021 recruiting class has entered the transfer portal. Yikes. A bunch more guys are expected to transfer. And I understand why Brian Harson said that. It's because he's coaching for his job and he doesn't really give a fuck anymore. But it's it's a terrible look. Like, you want to make sure all these kids like you. If they're willing to stay on your shit show bandwagon in just redshirt and witty year, fucking let them. So, yeah, Auburn is going to be looking for a new coach. Next year. Also, one of the dudes who transferred, I can't remember his name, uh, thanked Gus Malzahn for his time at Auburn, but it was Landon King. Thanked Gus Malzahn and his coaching staff. Nobody on the Harson coaching staff. <laughs> That's really funny. Just a rough look for yeah. the Auburn family and Brian Harson. That's brutal. Yeah, and but more importantly, the one we're all talking about, Jimbo Fisher. Three Texas A&M players were suspended indefinitely this week for smoking weed in the locker room pregame. And a bunch more expected to transfer. And Jimbo had some interesting comments about getting recruits. Hey, Coach. Uh, with four losses so far, it's been pretty disappointing. What's mm -hmm. your message to recruits about the future of the program? Look at what we're doing and the guys that happened. And you know, also, you know, you look at that in the back, they see opportunities. Everybody says, well, I go somewhere winning all the time. I may not play for a while. You know what I'm saying? 
But, no, we've got good young players. Look at the young players' team. Look at the young talent we have. Look at the guys making a lot of the plays, and they see it. That we've, got, we've got a good nucleus of what we're doing and that we're only a playoff on, on those games. And you sell that and you see it and be truthful about it. There's no – and recruiting, the key to recruiting, there's no pitch. When you're a good recruiter, you tell the truth. Recruiting is about one thing, truth and relationships. You can draw it up a hundred ways, but silly. All There is no pitch. There is no magical formula. There is no pixie dust. You build a relationship through truth and trust and be honest with them about where you see them and what they do. And, and you don't base everything off one year either. You don't base, you base things off history, what people have done, where they've been, what's happened, schools have happened, players, and see, and see the future of what a program is. But it's based off truth and trust. Not a, It's what you tell them. Karen, what are your thoughts on these comments? Because I have a lot, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. I mean, as as hard as that question was to answer for him, because like he's he's trying to avoid the fact that he's lost four games. Uh, I think it was the best he could have done in that situation. I would argue that while I think people understand that they won't necessarily play if they were going to Alabama, at least right away, you would get a national championship out of it. And your name does carry a little bit more weight. So I would say either Jimbo has to really turn it around uh, or, you know, I think people will just start losing faith in him because he can't deliver on what he promised. So I, I do agree with you. I think this is the best he could have answered that question, but also it was a lot of bullshit for a guy who spent oh, yeah. all off season railing against others, recruiting tactics. Oh, there is no pitch. No, you have a fucking pitch Jimbo. You've won a national championship. You're one of four active coaches to have won a national championship. Yeah. You have put guys in the NFL Jimbo or Jameis was a first overall pick. And it's just a bad look. And on top of that, he's basically saying, like, why go to a place that's winning all the time where you're not going to play? So none of your recruits are good enough to play as true freshmen at Ohio State, at Georgia, at Alabama. Really? That's that's what you that's how you want to instill confidence in your team. Yeah. And on top of that, you don't base it off one year, you base it off what you've done. Congrats, Jibo. You won a fucking national championship almost a decade ago. With a God squad of NFL talent who you put, I think like 13 of those guys went in the NFL, went to the NFL and played meaningful games there. So yeah, it's, you don't base it off what you've done. You don't base it off the past decade. You base it off of that, like before that, my whole career, when I haven't been able to get it fucking done in a decade. And my favorite part of this Texas A&M and their boosters are going to lose so much fucking money off of this. Jimbo Fisher's buyout, I think, now has been reduced to like $80 million just based on what week it is. Uh, most buyouts have in there, hey, if you get another job, the buyout's reduced by that much. So if he goes somewhere, gets a $20 million contract, the buyout's $60 million. Jimbo Fisher's contract does not have that clause in it. But also, NIL deals cannot be based upon enrollment at a particular school. So if a Texas A&M booster gave a lot of money to a recruit and said, hey, come to Texas A&M, and then they transfer, that booster has to continue paying the NIL deal. They have to honor that. They cannot just say, well, you're not Texas A&M, so fuck you. I am so fucking happy with all the shit-talking Texas A&M fans did all offseason. Jimbo's fucking 
bullshit ludicrousness. And now he's about to cost them all that money. And even Lane Kiffin is taking shots. Uh, Ohio or Ole Miss's uh, defense coordinator went to Texas A&M last year. Lane said, yeah, we want to keep him, but we got outbid. That happens a lot with that school. That's shade. That is some serious shade. It, it, I, I just love seeing the SEC West in shambles. It's my favorite thing in the SEC West. Well, yeah, besides us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's everyone. All right. From now on, we're going to have the SEC East. We're going to have the SEC West. And then separately, we're going to have Alabama Conference, which is just them. And they don't get to play any other in-conference games. I mean, you're telling me that you don't love seeing your rivals in shambles. Oh, no, I do, except for the past decade, they haven't been. And that's the problem, Kevin. See, but but imagine if they were. How happy would you be about it? Oh, I'd be over the moon. Yeah, it's it'd be the best fucking thing ever. Yeah. It's funny, Kevin, that we have, like, these, you know, such, such hatred and, you know, anger towards uh, our quote-unquote rivals, and we've We've been out of school for, what, three years? Uh, and we went there for four. So we've been there for seven years. Some people are, like, lifelong fans that have never seen, you know, Penn State raise a national championship or even, you know, well, yeah. You know, there's some lifelong fans that are, you know, graduated in 2001, haven't seen shit even earlier than that. I mean, you can go all the way back to, what was it, 87, I think. I think I got that right. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to look like the worst Penn State fan ever. <laughs> That's fair. See, it's really easy to guess what Alabama was. Yeah, shut up, Kevin. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Also, uh, a 14-year-old Alabama fan has seen six national championships. It's like that Boston six. kids that seen 12. Or whatever yeah. That, it, what, uh, that number is. Yeah. He started when he was like, what, four? I think that was yeah. the story. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. A lot of people hate that kid, and it's funny to me. Yeah, of course it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of being in shambles, Clemson's quarterback room is also in shambles. DJ Ungalele was benched last week for Cade Kubiak. I think his name is Cade Kubiak, maybe. Uh, But Clemson says there is no quarterback controversy. Fucking why? I mean, I understand, and I've talked about this before. I see the talent with DJ. Jamarcus Russell had all the fucking talent in the world. If you're not going to produce on the field, and I'm not saying DJs like Jamarcus Russell, but in terms of talent, whatever. If you're not going to produce on the field, it shouldn't matter how much talent you have. Surely by replacing your starting QB, you've just created quarterback controversy, even though there wasn't quote unquote any to begin with. That's, I mean, that's what you've done by, by benching him. Like, What's he going to do? Start next week? Tough shit. Uh, according to Clemson, yeah, he is. That's, yeah. But, so. Which is insane. Is Clemson on a bye this week? They might be. Are they? Yeah, I think so. So. They're playing Notre Dame. Are they? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, they are on a bye. My mistake. I read the dates wrong. Yeah, so they're playing Notre Dame next week, I'm assuming. Yep. Or, okay. The fifth. So, yeah, so. Then next week you're gonna have Cade come or you're gonna have DJ come out against Notre Dame. That should be an easy game. But 
I'm confused by this because Dabo hasn't shown an issue with replacing a quarterback with a young, inexperienced, but uber-talented kid. He did it. Kelly Bryant was replaced by Trevor Lawrence. Worked out pretty fucking well for him. So I'm very curious why, unless K just isn't ready at all, and it's Club Nick, by the way. I got his name way off. You got the K part, right? That's true, and I got the K right. But and they, the quarterback room seems to be fine. In shambles a bit much. Club Nick said he's our guy. DJ's going to lead us. DJ said if I was put in Dabo's spot, I would have done the same thing. So there's no seems to be no ill will. But at the same time, the fans, DJ is going to be going to make a bad read or throw a bad pass. They're going to be screaming for Cade. Yeah. They it's it's going to be. But... A... What was that? Sorry. They already were screaming for Cade, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say Dabo made the wrong decision at the beginning of the season to play DJ, but I feel like it's the same situation with Cade McNamara at, and JJ McCarthy at uh, Michigan, where it's like, you know, that. How do I say this? Jim Harbaugh made the right decision early on or or at least like made the adjustments early on that this is now not really an issue like it is at Clemson where you know it's all you know lovey and you know supportive in the press but behind the scenes everyone is like freaking the hell out and just going and I I think uh Cade should Clemson Cade Clemson Cade, that's going to be his new nickname because there's two Cades. Anyway, uh, Clemson Cade should uh, kind of take charge and just be like, look, I, you know, uh, unless, like you said, he's super not ready or whatever, but I, I think he should take charge and be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go out there, I'm just going to show up and let's see where it takes us. And sh- he shouldn't be timid and hold back. Like, this is college. This is your, where you make your name, you know, for the NFL. So, Show it early. So what? Like if you, you know, you get your stock options rise, ex- not stock options, draft option rises exponentially if you show out early on. So I think you should just go for it and just say, listen, Dabo, I'm starting. I think the. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Only reason that he shouldn't is if he's not ready and he knows that, that could... One bad year can tank your draft stock. One good year can make you a first-round pick. Right. So he has time 
DJ is probably not going to be the starter next year. So I think he has time. But I do think saying there isn't a quarterback controversy, that you don't decide if there's a quarterback controversy. The fans do, honestly. That's what it comes down to. I mean, this is NFL, but we did just see it this past week with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. It's the coaches can say, no, this is our guy. And the fans go, well, you're a fucking idiot. You sh- he shouldn't be your guy. And Athens fans go, no, you're an idiot. It's quarterback controversy comes from external pressures, not internal. Because they're a coach should never have a quarterback controversy. A coach should go, he's starting. And that's it. There's no controversy. So I don't know. It's I I don't know how I feel about the decisions being made in Clemson right now. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, Kevin, because I would argue that Jim. Jim Harbaugh made a quarterback controversy at the beginning because he's like, oh, we don't know who's starting yet. It's like, you probably should. Like, it's one of those things, like, if he had just come out and say Cade McNamara is starting and just be, like, done with it, right? That would arguably, fans would be like, yeah, okay, makes sense, right? He's, you know, he's got the talent, he's got the confidence of the coach, blah, 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 blah. I would argue that in that (laughs) offseason – uh, right before the start of this week one, I think Jim Jim Harbaugh accident not accidentally but unintentionally made a quarterback controversy, and thank God he did it at the beginning of the season and not week nine or eight rather. That's true. I I would have I agree with you. Like coaches can make quarterback controversies. I'm more saying they shouldn't have them. They should know, and he clearly had one. He didn't know. But we're also forgetting, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is a very good coach. No, he isn't. I saw He's someone saved, on... Like, great recruits. I saw... So which recruiting is a big part of college football. No, so is, if you can is. recruit, you can become a great coach. I saw someone unironically say, though, that Jim Harbaugh is the greatest coach at any level of all time because he's the only coach to make the college football playoffs and a Super Bowl. Not winning either of them, ignoring the fact that Barry... Uh, Barry Switzer, Jimmy Johnson, and Pete Carroll all won a Super Bowl and a national championship. And and also Nick Saban has won, you know, seven fucking national championships. I don't... This person was joking, surely. Surely, No, they were defending that take. Uh, Now, it could have been a troll, but because Twitter's full of them, but... I don't know. I, 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 I can't, I, I can't, no, 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 Kevin, I'm sorry. I, I don't believe that person had to have been trolling people just to get people ticked off. I, there's no way that they actually think that. And uh, you know, what if they had heard this podcast and me saying this, it's like, yeah, but you know, we know you don't, there's no way you do. I'm trying unless you were to, win, unless you were to consistently win national championships, like you do at Saban, like you do at Saban. At Alabama with Saban is what I was trying to say. Unless you do that and or come from or go to an NFL team and win a, a championship there, don't talk. Don't don't you know you have no you have nothing to speak of. If you win a few Big Ten championships, congratulations. You're a solid coach. You can you have proven yourself in one of the t- toughest conferences in the U.S. Other than that, I mean, my God, he is not, he is not that good of a coach. Yeah, I, 
I don't know. He could have been trolling, but I I really don't know. People are fucking stupid. That's my issue with identifying trolls, because I know a bunch of people are fucking dumb. <laughs> and but then I just assuming they're dumb instead of assuming they're trolling, I come out looking dumb. So it's it's a problem. Yeah, see, this is why I don't use Twitter and you know social media all that often. I'm like, is this really worth the fight? <laughs> you should use Twitter. Oh, dude, it's so fun. I don't, have I don't have time. I, I can tweet out every now and again, like the Wisconsin thing. Uh, or no, no, sorry, the Nebraska thing. Uh, I tweeted out like week three or something like that. It was like, oh, that's enough. You know, that's enough football for today. Or enough Nebraska football for today. I'll see you all later. Yeah. Uh, no, Twitter's fun, though. I We're going to talk about NFL for a real quick second. We already mentioned the Bailey Zappi thing. Someone tweeted that, like, f- was super excited for Mac to be playing. Then, in the first quarter, was like, no, fuck loyalty. Bailey Zappi's the guy. Roll with him. And then, like, kept arguing it. It's like, Alabama fans are just biased. I'm an Alabama fan, but I don't have to care about them once they get to the NFL. So I was going at him. He deleted a bunch of his tweets about Bailey Zappi. He blocked me, then unblocked me, so we weren't following each other anymore. And then... Today, it was announced Mac Jones was starting, and he posted the picture of uh, Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory looking in his locker, stunned on these hoes with a picture of Mac. Dude, you can't fucking say that after you basically discarded Mac for two and a half, two and a quarter games, or like two and a half games of okay football. Yeah, he's a hypocrite. Yeah, so Twitter is amazing. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> Glad uh, you have go so follow- much fun on there. Go follow me at Belly Up Kevin. Follow this podcast at Quad Tailgate. It sucks though that dating apps, and I don't want them to, to connect my Twitter because they, the people I'm trying to date, don't need to know about me <laughs> until until they're already committed. <laughs> until I'm actually not going to make a joke about putting a kid inside them so they can't leave me for 18 years. Uh, Jesus, Kevin. Jesus. But with with their knowledge, like not like not like poking holes in condoms. But it's not any better. It is better. Okay, slightly. If I get married and have a kid with someone, then they can know about my Twitter. <laughs> that's that's rules. But I wish I don't like how all dating apps are like, oh, connect your Instagram. No, I'm not that good looking. <laughs> I will pick my six best pictures, put that on that profile, and I'm not connecting my Instagram. Nobody needs to see more of me until I've already convinced them to go on a date with me with my charm. It's all an illusion, Kevin. Exactly. All right, moving on to our week eight (laughs) review. Moving briskly onwards. We just talked about my dating life way too much. Uh, All right. First up, you have number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon. I had Oregon winning 38-35. Kiernan had UCLA winning 28-21. Oregon won 45 to 30. Come on, UCLA. God damn it. UCLA punted like once in that game and still I lost. Trusted you. Hilarious. Next up, number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. Kiernan had Texas 35 30. I had Texas 42 to 30. Oklahoma State won 41 to 34. And then this is where it all went off the rails for me. Next up, number 17, Kansas State at number 8, TCU. Kiernan at TCU, 37-28. I had K-State, 24-22. Uh, 
TCU 138-28. I would just like to point out how close I was for that scoreline. I was off by one point. Yeah, no, it was impressive. I, I am so happy with myself. I, I consider that two wins for me. <laughs> uh, too bad I'm the one who does the scorekeeping. <laughs> Next up, we have Kim Chang in the Rainbow Warriors at Colorado State. Karen at Colorado State, 24-15. I had Hawaii, 35-12. Uh, also, by the way, I lost $40 on this game. I'm pissed because Colorado State scored in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter and won 17-13. I should have cashed out when I had the option to make 42 win 80 after putting down 40, but you know, it is what it is. Kiernan is now up 15 to 12 on the season. I've noticed Kiernan, you are consistent. Like you pick up a point or uh, two points generally every week. I, on the other hand, will put up no points for two weeks, get three points for three consecutive weeks and then start scoring like one point again. Yeah. <laughs> it is not fun. I'm the Ohio State of picking. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Fair. I don't even know what team I am. I, I'm trying to think of what team would fit that. Auburn. Oh, I'm the Penn State of picking. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. Win a big game. Yeah. For a, win a couple weeks in a row, then lose Badly for four yes. consecutive weeks. Yes. I'm the Penn State of yes, picking. You are. Uh, moving analogy. on. Yeah. Let's just jump into the AP poll. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with what order to go things in. I should really narrow that down. But if this fucking, I don't care, AP poll. I'm not signing up for your newswire. All right. Others receiving votes Texas with 38. Liberty with 35, Oregon State with 25, Mississippi State with 10, Maryland with 8, Troy with 3, UTSA with 1, Arkansas with 1, Washington with 1, and Florida State with 1. Um, I don't really have any issues here. No. Uh, I Liberty is I'm surprised Liberty has been like this good getting and I know this isn't new. They've been competitive for the last couple of years now. Since they got to the FBS level. They're 7-1 and one this year. And they just dominated BYU. So congrats to Chick-fil-A University for being good at football. And that's because they're homophobic. I think that's what I'm going to call them from now on. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I should have dropped it while reading the other receiving votes just to see your confusion by what the fuck I was talking about there. But anyway, I remember, I remember that whole rant that we had. It's like, this is just uh BYU with extra steps. Oh yes. Oh no. I meant Chick-fil-A university. Like just not mentioning that it's, I'm talking about Liberty. I, uh, I would have gotten that. I would have gotten that Kevin. Okay. You don't cut me enough slack. I don't. Uh, I, I'll start. I'll start doing better. Next up you have, or top 25. Now you have at 25, the cock commanders. At 24, NC State. At 23, Tulane. At 22, Kansas State. And at 21, North Carolina. I, 25, it's weird to really complain about 25 to like 20, I feel. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Like, you could nitpick like, oh, well, I think Texas should be in over South Carolina or North Carolina State. Like, you're arguing 26 to 24. Does it matter that much? Yeah, I mean, it... 
honestly, nowadays it really only matters. Like, uh, was it? What's the college football expanding to six teams, eight teams, twelve, twelve? It really doesn't Fucking matter stupid, until you get but... until you get to fifteen, because then there's like yeah. possibilities of jumping. Yeah, in the next couple of years, and it'll be a fun thought experiment. Like, oh well, if they had expanded earlier, this team would have been in instead, or also. Yeah. So, still uh, would next... have lost to Alabama, by the way. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, next up, Cincinnati at twenty. Kentucky at 19, LSU at 18, Illinois at 17, and Syracuse at 16. Um, First off, thank you, Ole Miss, for losing to LSU. So this is another ranked win for Alabama next week, uh, November 5th. Alabama's a bye this week, and so does LSU, actually. Um, I don't have much of an issue with Syracuse dropping two spots after losing to a top five team. Yeah, that makes sense. In a close game, too. So, yeah. do you have any other thoughts on 20 to 16? Yeah, way to go to fighting Illini. Six and one, well done. Look, I've been saying it for over a year now. Brett Belima knows how to coach in the Big Ten. I mean, it's fair. Like, you've kind of nailed it. And granted, they're going to be seven and one next week when they beat Nebraska. Exactly. Like, he did well at Wisconsin. Going to Arkansas was probably a bad idea. And then he's right back where he belongs in the Big Ten. I also feel like Illinois doesn't have like a personality or a brand when it comes to college football. I think Brett Belima can give them that brand. It's kind of like a rallying point. Yeah, and like it, people can look at it and go, "Oh, Illinois, Brett Belima." Nobody did that for Lovey Smith. Nobody gave a shit. Even when Illinois wasn't good last year, people were still like, oh, Brett Belima's there. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, good to see Illinois being decent at football for once. Number 15, Ole Miss. Number 14, Utah. Number 13, Penn State. Number 12, UCLA. And number 11, Wake Forest. The AP website's fucked. It goes from 12 to 10. So math is hard. I couldn't figure <laughs> out what came between 10 and 12 for a second. Um. I understand Ole Miss is 7-1. and one. I do. LSU just beat them. Why is LSU below them in the rankings? Is this where we need to do the swap spots, Kevin? That's once the college will play off. The first picks come out, and then we'll start doing that. Then we'll have the tailgate 25 to also take out like 20 minutes on the show because we're going to scream. <laughs> it's going to be utter chaos. Oh, yeah, it'll be great. But Kiernan, I I think Penn State's over their line. They're above the 15 rank, so they're definitely going to lose to Ohio State to drop down. No, 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 Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. We, we established this at the beginning of the season. It's 11 is the cutoff. Oh, oh, shit. Penn State might win. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's, 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 the, it's the repeat of um, 2016 when uh, we lost to Michigan at Michigan. We beat Minnesota at home. And then Ohio State came to Penn State, and we beat them. So it's it's gonna history repeats itself. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm praying. I'm praying it does. I would love to see Penn State sneak into the college football playoffs. <laughs> it's like that um that statistic I sent you a few weeks ago. It was uh for all you listeners, the statistic said you know it had like Alabama eighty one percent, you know uh Georgia 
you know, 59%, whatever the percentages were uh, of making it into the CFP. And then it's, and then at the very bottom, it said Penn State 4%. And so I sent him, I sent him the thing and I, I quoted the dumb and dumber. So he's saying, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> oh, that would be incredible. It would be. I, I, I'd be thrilled. Thing ever. I don't know if I'd root for him, but I'd be happy. Exactly. Yeah. I'd be over the moon. I know you would, Kiernan. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I would expect you to take the, if you guys win a national championship, I fully expect you to take a week off of work and just go on a bender for that week. Sure. Yep. Fine. <laughs> as long as you make the recording that week, that's all I care about. We need yeah, that's fine. on that's the fine. podcast. Uh, Kiernan is on the podcast, but he's been muffled because he's too drunk to speak. Kiernan, what are your thoughts on the national championship? Oh, and then just you're like the rest of the show. Just have you sitting there. Yeah. Uh, next up, number ten, USC. Number nine, Oklahoma State. Number eight, Oregon. Number seven, TCU. Number six, Alabama. I weirdly don't have a lot of complaints besides the old missing about the AP poll this week. Yeah, I mean it. It makes sense. For once, the first time in the AP poll's existence, it's made sense this late into the season. Wild. Uh, next up at five, you have Clemson, four Michigan, three Tennessee, two Ohio State, and one Georgia. Um, well, also my dream of an all-SEC cultural playoff is dead now that Ole Miss lost. Uh, I don't have a huge issue here. I think Michigan has put to bed the we don't play anybody. We're not that good. We're just beating up on bad teams. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Clemson, I feel like Clemson could have draw. Eh, Syracuse was ranked. And they were undefeated, so never mind on that front. Ohio State, Georgia, one and two, whatever. Tennessee staying at three. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I Yeah. I mean, Kevin, I think this is the first week ever that we have had zero complaints, like genuine complaints about it. You know, you could argue that the old Miss thing is a complaint, but I mean, they did drop eight spots from last week. So I think that's a, that's a sufficient enough penalty for them. Yeah, that's true. And that was more just a, Something that doesn't make sense in the poll system to me. I get there are other factors besides just this team won, this team lost. So they're automatically no. There's other things that go into it. I don't right. I don't really have too much of an issue with it. So congrats, AP poll. You didn't fuck up. Took you almost. It took you over half the season, but congrats. Yeah. Well, week one, I don't give them too much flack because yeah, I, I hate preseason polls, but. They, we don't know how they're doing. Now let's get into some week nine preview and some picks so I can fuck up to make up for the AP polls confidence this week. First up, we have the biggest game of the week at kicking off at fucking noon. Number two, Ohio State at number 12, Penn State. It is at Happy Valley. Ohio State's a minus 15 and a half with an over under of 61. Kiernan, who are you rocking with? 
I have to go Penn State. I mean, there's literally no other choice. I'm going to go 28-24. Oh, I want to go Penn State. I do. It's okay, Kevin. I, I understand. If it was a whiteout, I would not because they're 500 in those games. So it's a coin flip. But I am going to go with Ohio State, honestly, as much as it pains me to do it. I'm going to go 35-20. to 20. It's okay. I understand. All right, thank you. I got to make up ground after last week. Thank you. Brother. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically handing you a win. If Penn State wins, I'm going to be so happy, but so fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah. I, how do you think I'll feel? Just without the pissed part. Yeah. Uh, next up, number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, Kent or Kansas State. I just typed K-State, so I think Kent State because Nick Saban. Yeah, I get it. Uh, at Kansas State. Kickoffs at 3.30. It's at Bill Snyder in Manhattan. The better Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas. K-State is a minus one and a half with an over-under of 56.5. I'm just going to go with Oklahoma State. I picked against them a lot. I picked for Kansas State. Kansas State, Jesus Christ. For Kansas State a lot. So I'm just going to go Oklahoma State 21, eh, 36 to 24. Kevin, I... I'm, am I reading this right that K-State is a minus one and a half favorite? Uh, should be. I, I'm i surprised by that. I know that I get that they're both ranked and I get that they're playing in Kansas, but I think that's that's a little too generous. For... No, let's let's check. Make sure, Let's make sure I can read. Just load. Uh, yep, Kansas is a minus one and a half. Wow. Okay. I honestly didn't expect that. Um, I'm still going to go Oklahoma State. Uh, I think it's going to be 31, uh, 31 28. It's going to be close. Okay. Uh, next up, number 19, Kentucky at number three, Tennessee. Uh, kickoffs at seven. It is at a garbage truck worker convention in Knoxville. Tennessee is minus 12 and a half. Over under of 63.5. Kiernan, who do you got? Uh, as much as I want to see Kentucky ranked at the end of this season, uh, they're not going to beat Tennessee, who's just on a roll. Uh, I'm going to get Tennessee 49, Kansas or Kentucky, excuse me, I'm thinking of Kansas State, uh, Kentucky 27. 49 27. Okay. I'm also going to go with Tennessee. I have a little more faith in the Wildcats, though. I'm going to go Tennessee 54, Kentucky 37. Yeah. Because Tennessee does have one of the worst pass defenses in the country. So, fair enough. All right. Our Rattlesnake Memorial pick of the week. Old Dominion at Georgia State. I just picked goofy matchups for these. Uh, It is at three. It is at Center Park in Atlanta. Georgia State's a minus three and a half with a 55 and a half point over under. I'm going on vibes alone, and I've been to Old Dominion's campus. My God, it's disgusting. Georgia State 100, Old Dominion 2. <laughs> what the fuck is that score line? I told you, I'm going off vibes alone, and I fucking hate old ridiculous, Kevin. I, I, 
know what to pick now. Do I go go big or go home? Oh God! Uh, give me Georgia State, uh, thirty-five Dominion ten. <laughs> I honestly thought you were just gonna go Old Dominion hundred Georgia State two. <laughs> no, I hope also you know that if the score is thirty-five to twenty-one, I technically win. Because the I, that's the over. No, I I understand. That's fine. And I might just start picking ridiculous score lines. Actually, for... you know what, Kevin? Kevin, I'm looking at these. I'm looking at these scores right now. They're too similar. Change mine for Kansas State. Keep the score. Change the change the winner. We're 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 two. We're matching up too nicely this week. Okay. Okay. Fair. Let's throw a little chaos into the mix. I really hope Oklahoma State wins now. <laughs> That's fine. As long as we're different. Yeah. Fair. All right, Karen. It is time for everyone's favorite segment and my favorite video. Dog of the week. This is how we do it for the dogs. Dog of the Week, of course, is brought to you by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com. Promo code TAILGATE at checkout for 10% off your order. Great sunglasses. They are saving proof, saving my dog, not the coach. Although, yeah, saving for probably breaking the spike. My dog got his hands on a pair of these and could not destroy them. Meanwhile, my dog could destroy a $100 pair of sunglasses made out of titanium. So, I'm not saying Yeats's plastic is stronger than titanium, but I'm not not saying that. Kiernan, who's your Dog of the Week? My dog of the week is Vanderbilt's own CJ Taylor, who jumped over uh, the running back to make a strip sack uh, with, uh, and oh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Anferny Origi. I'm praying I'm saying that right. Apologies if, it, if I get it wrong, but CJ Taylor jumps over the running back coming down for the block. And you normally see the reason I think he's the dog of the week is because that is some fucking hustle to be able to read or it, you know, he's, he's on a blitz or whatever to be able to read where the running backs coming to block you. And normally it's the other way around where the offense uh, has the advantage or like the running back hits the ball and hurdles a defensive player going low for the tackle, but like to be able to jump over a block and that guy isn't short too. He's about five ten, So like he got up over that man. That was ridiculous to see that happen. So, my dog of the week, C.J. Taylor. Perfect. My dog of the week is Duke defensive back Brandon Johnson, who scored a six, a pick six against the U, did the U down, and then broke it over his knee. That was nice. Absolutely electric move, yep. and Duke ran Miami off the field. It was a glorious, glorious game. Dog of the week for that celebration alone. Absolutely. And... Dog of the week. This is how we do it for the dogs! Now, Cannon, I have a serious question for you. Go on. How clenched is your butthole over this Ohio State-Penn State game? Yes. <laughs> Just yes. Because I am going to I am gonna have to get up and watch at noon 30. No, I'm not noon 30. I'm joking. The, I'm going to have to get up and watch... And have my day ruined by one thirty. 
That's that's what I'm predicting. It's going to be all hope and, you know, like, let's go. We can beat them. We've done it before. And then it's going to be sheer fucking disappointment from the end of quarter one. I mean, if you think about this way, Karen, that means you have nothing to lose. So you you can prepare. You can buy enough alcohol to forget the score of the game. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, like, for example, I still don't remember the score of the Tennessee-Alabama game. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, really. I forgot it. The Dude, apparently I got on Xbox that night. Don't remember that. Jesus. Yeah, so, uh, and then I woke up on my bedroom floor at 3 a.m. Hey, kids, do you want to uh, actually remember what you did blackout drunk? Have an energy drink before you do it. It's weirdly effective. <laughs> uh, Dave. We do not condone this. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, in Tuscaloosa, once, once Red Bull vodkas became popular, the hospital there saw a marked increase in kids getting their stomachs pumped. Do not do that. We should get AA as a sponsor of this. <laughs> I'm not going, but just, you yeah. know, we can be a cautionary tale. Yeah. And by we, I mean me. All right. I have my fair share, Kevin. Fair. I just talk about mine a lot more because I have no shame and don't care. Well, you normally do it during football games, so yes. it's more obvious. That's true. Um, oh, it's also Halloween, Karen. What are you? What are you going as for Halloween? Ah, so I, I'm gonna riff a tiny bit. So my girlfriend, whenever we we have like a party or something to go for Halloween, it's always decided last minute what our costumes will be. And therefore, when you go look for stuff to put your costume together, there never is anything. So I have thought of a genius solution, Kevin. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I have a black quarter zip that has a little Guinness logo on it. I'm going to wear that in black pants, like black dress pants and go to the party or wherever I'm going to end up. And when people ask, well, Kiernan, you're not dressed up. I said, sure. I am. I'm a pint of Guinness. Genius. It. Thank you. It was a perfect idea. Just and then you should have your girlfriend just dressed in all green and she can be a bottle of Jameson. Perfect. Perfect. This is perfect. This couldn't be better. I I think we found honestly when you said a black quarter zip, I was really hoping you were gonna be like uh Urban Meyer and your girlfriend was gonna be the chick <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> no, God, no. No. Oh, but that's actually really funny. I probably If I wasn't single, I would do that. Arguably be better to do it single. Because then you're not cheating on somebody. (laughs) Well, no. Yes, but also I I don't think I could get my friend to to dress up as a slutty girl. I tried to get him. We were at like a Halloween store because we're going to a party together and we didn't have costumes. And I every single like slutty outfit I pointed to, I'll give you $200 if you wear that. He said no every time. What a bitch. Okay, do you want to know what I'm going as? What? It involves shaving. <laughs> Wonderful. I was gonna I was gonna say that beard is getting a little very long. Yep, I'm shaving the beard. 
Uh, for those who, well, since it's audio, I just put on a Mario hat. I'm going as Mario, and my friend is going as Luigi. Perfect. So even though I couldn't get him to wear a slutty cat costume, we're still going with a couple cu- couple's costume. And it works because you actually have the same facial features as Mario. <laughs> my friend, uh, when I was in college, because I had a mustache at one point, and I sent like a Snapchat to a group we're in, he just started calling me Alabama Mario. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Alabama so, Mario. Oh, fuck, sweet Jesus. I'm going to call I, you that from now on. I might have the picture on my phone still. Oh, my God. Uh, please send it. That was I will. So funny. I'll look. It's not a picture of me like with the mustache, but it's like a Photoshop I did of yeah, Alabama so, Mario. I got yeah. to find it. Oh, my God. That's so funny. All right. Everyone have a safe and fun Halloween weekend. Usually my liver gets a break on the bye week, but because there's Halloween party, it will not. Drink responsibly. Don't drink. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Stu. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.